You know, I think that, uh, you know, for, for a lot of people, when we, you know, when we talk about soul winning, a lot of you've, uh, you know, lived in, you know, Sioux City or bigger areas, and um, when, when you, let me ask you this, when you think of soul winning, what do you think of? What do you think, what comes, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of soul winning? Door knocking, that's right, uh, door knocking, uh, and one of the reasons that uh, you'll find that, that, that I've knocked doors around here, but when you're in a town of 2,000 people, there's a couple things about Elk Point that you ought to know when it comes to door knocking, and this was really an encouraging thing in the conference. Uh, there's a couple things, and it's, but in Elk Point, it's funny, for, for one thing, there's 2,000 people, so you can pretty much knock every door uh, in a day or so. Uh, maybe maybe two days. If you get a bunch of people out, you'd easily be done in a day. When when Eastside came and just helped us canvas with the youth group that came helped us canvas, uh, we covered Elk Point and Jefferson in like two hours, maybe. Um, so uh, there's some that you know some Baptists. You know, for those with that background that you hear and you just think. Uh, man, why don't we do that more? It's like, well, man, for one thing, if we get out and do that every week, what are you doing? You're, uh, you know, you're, you're driving people crazy. But, um, and another thing about Oak Point that's an interesting thing, and this doesn't totally deter me, but I do take it into account. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, forgive me for that. But being on Facebook, it's just funny being on the community, when you're on the community chat, which I don't know if everybody's community chat is hilarious, but... Uh, Facebook's or Elk Points is one hilarious community chat. Uh, but son, the first time some dude comes knocking on somebody's door in Elk Point, it's all over the place. Uh, warning, uh, you know, and it's just this awful thing, and it's just it's kind of hilarious. But I take that into account also. So I say that to say that some some churches would say, well, well, man, are you a soul winning church? Yes, we're a soul winning church, and we want to be a soul winning church because uh, door knocking is an is is and can be a very effective way in reaching people. Um, but you know, there's some countries where you can't even do it anyway, um, like legally. But regardless of all that, the point we need to understand is that's not the only way to soul win. Uh, soul winning is not just door knocking. Soul winning, honestly, ought to be living as a child of God. Soul winning is going to the store. Soul winning is going to work. Soul winning is being in our homes, being in our neighborhoods. Um, and that's one thing, uh, you know, that I, that I would say, man, try to, try to develop a relationship with your neighbors and things of that nature. Soul winning uh, can be very creative. You know, uh, door knocking, again, has been, a, been the, uh, you know, especially an independent Baptist way for sure for the last, you know, 70 years or however long it's been. Uh, but in, in the Bible, we know they went, from, they went from house to house. The Bible mentions that. But I believe the context of that is they were actually worshiping from house to house. But there's nothing wrong with that. The bottom line is we need to get people to Christ. And that's what a soul-winning church does. And, and a soul-winning church remembers the people. So, but that's just kind of an explanation for that. It was interesting in the conference that I was just in that, uh, you know, there was just a, there's, it was an emphasis on soul-winning, which there ought to be. 
Uh, but during, during the main services, the guys, you know, that are in towns of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, we're really talking a lot about door knocking, door knocking, door knocking. But then we went, we, when we went to the rural, we went to a session that was all for the rural people. And just about every, everybody in the rural section was just like, oh, uh, what ways can we do besides that? Because if that's the only way, but I, I know a guy right now, he's, he's further west. He's actually in the Pacific Northwest, uh, and he, uh, their church isn't growing very much or whatever. And he's like, I don't get it. He said, we go knocking on doors, and it's a town about this size every single week. As if that's the only way. I'm just like, dude, that's not, I mean, uh, find a way. And this is something uh, that Ryan and I are going to be talking about. But I'm, I'm working on getting into the schools, uh, into the school here, Ryan, on, uh, on, a, on Wednesday. And maybe doing a Bible study there, uh, getting a group started. But... Uh, and, and, and in small towns, it don't sound like much, but you know what's important for me to do as much as that's not my favorite thing to do? Go to a high school football game. Now, that might not sound like soul winning, but when you're able to go and build a relationship with people, and when you're in, when you're in a town this size especially, uh, things like that matter. Uh, and it's, there, there's places like that that pastors especially uh, need to be present at. But the fact of the matter is a soul winning is supposed to be a way of life. Soul winning is not to just to be 10 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Soul winning is supposed to be our way of life. Uh, and so, and soul winning is something that we ought to be focused on as God's people and making a difference. And of course, that's what we've been looking at here in Jude and, and uh, making a difference. I love the context of Jude because it is what some people have called the vestibule of the book of Revelation, the vestibule of the apocalypse. So just as we walk into this entryway uh, and then into the church, uh, Jude is the entryway to the apocalypse. Jude is arguably, and I believe it to be, referring much to the days that we live in now, the last days. And what does he say we ought to be doing? Well, standing for the faith and these other things that he mentions. Uh, but among those things, in verse number 17, if you'll look there with me, I love this because he's talking about the false teachers. He's talking about the complainers and the murmurers and the different ones in verse 16. Ungodly sinners, the, you know, the things that we see around us in this world. But at verse 17 starts with the word, but. But, beloved, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. I want to pause right there just for a second on the mocker thing. Uh, we have been so blessed in our country, haven't we? We have been so blessed in our country to where most of us have grown up to where Christians are revered. Most of us have grown up to where pastors are respected. Most of us have grown up to where churches are considered, even, even by, the, by the unchurched, churches were considered sacred. It, it, it mattered. But we are seeing before our eyes something that's very shocking to many of us to see that all of a sudden people in the world don't like us very much. We're living in a world system and it's increasing more and more to where people do not like us. And sometimes we sit back like, wait a second, you got to like us, we're Christians. Um, but the fact of the matter is, he said mockers would come. And matter of fact, Jesus also said one big thing to remember as a Christian, Jesus said this, listen, he said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. 
So it's not something that we have to necessarily love, but it is something that we can learn to embrace that Jesus said that you will uh, suffer persecution, they'll mock you. Um, well, that's not something we like, but what should we do as they mock us? It's almost like he's telling us this to say, don't be caught off guard, don't be, you know, don't be distracted by this whole thing. Uh, you were told, mockers are going to come. We've been told it's going to get hard. And it, it, we, we really, really live in the day and age and in, in our country where there's, there's, uh, there's people and there's people in high places that believe that you are the problem, that believe that this church is the problem and churches like this are the problem. We're standing in the way of their progress. Uh, and, it's, and it's an amazing thing to me. And, and I'll just show you this real quick. It's, many of you have known it. I've shown it to you before. But I just think about this so often. Psalm 2. The second psalm uh, in the Word of God, Psalm 2. Much of it we're familiar with. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, and notice what it says here, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. The problem that they have with God and with what we as God's people represent are the bands and the cords. We're holding back from that which they are trying to accomplish. And it really is true because if you look at even God putting America on the scene, America was based on and is based originally on biblical principles. So what happened as a result of that? It held back a lot of things. The teaching of God's Word, the fear of God, uh, made uh, godliness, uh, seeing the, the power of liberty and so forth. But we hold things up. Uh, we are one of the problems. Uh, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Um, when you hear people talk today, uh, they will say oftentimes, uh, I mean, like as far as current things go, that when it comes to like not getting the, uh, the, va the COVID vaccine, and, I, and I'm not saying yay or nay on that, that's not what I'm doing with this, but I'm just saying they accuse us of being the people that are trying, trying to be one of the key people that hold that back. Uh, we hold back so much of the progress. In other words, they, we have cords and bands among, on them. Um, and they want to cast those off. So let us break their bands asunder, cast away their cords from us. And of course, you, you go on through there and I love it. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. And I encourage you to read that psalm. And the greater context of that psalm is leading up to Armageddon. Uh, to Armageddon when the Lord's going to break them and dash them uh, like a potter's vessel. But understand that that is the reality that we live in today. Not everybody's going to love us. People are going to mock us. But we don't need to spend time trying to defend ourselves all the time. Man, we just need to try to do what he says right here. He's saying, remember, mockers are going to come in the last time. And they're going to walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. Uh, there again, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So what we begin to look at last time 
was how to make a difference in your world, how to make a difference among those in your life. And it's interesting, the very first thing he says is, before you can start making a difference in the lives of others, we need to concentrate and we need to build ourselves up. We need to draw closer to Him. We need to grow strong in the Lord ourselves. Because we don't want to be an ill-prepared soldier going out into battle. Uh, We want to make sure that we are building up ourselves on our most holy faith. And we talked about that on last week. We want to make sure that we're people of purpose, that we are fulfilling our vision, and we've talked a lot about that in recent days, that keeping the main thing the main thing as the people of God. So our purpose and our vision we talked about last time, also knowing our principles, uh, being people that live a life that is different uh, from the world, a separated life that we ought to live a life. There ought to be a difference in us as God's people. You know, I've told you, I told you about it before. I, I mentioned last week, last time, as a matter of fact, I mentioned about a guy that I, I worked with for a while that had a testimony of being a Christian. Um, he would, uh, and, and it's funny to me, like, because it's, it's not that everything he did was wrong, because one thing, he brought a New Testament, a little New Testament to work, and on his breaks, right there in the break room, he would read that New Testament. I think that's wonderful. Uh, he would... Uh, and he would specifically, he liked to argue with people about homosexuality. Uh, he, he, he enjoyed doing that. And listen, there's nothing wrong with taking a stand, you know, standing against what God stands against. That's, that's great too. But the problem was, for one thing, I don't know that he talked to people about their souls that much, for one thing. It's like he just got into the argumentative points, uh, right? Um, and... It's okay. If I get drawn into some kind of argument, man, I don't allow myself to get caught up in some of these things. We're talking about soul winning now. We're in a lost and a dying world, and people want to know where we stand, perhaps, on controversial issues. Um, But when I get into those situations, believe me, I do not mind letting somebody know where I stand on controversial issues. But to be honest with you, if I'm engaged with a lost person, and they're asking me about what I believe, right away I start thinking to myself, how can I get this person to the cross? How can I get this person to the cross? So whatever it is that they're asking me about, I'm going to try to make that as short and sweet and as simple uh, and maybe even a little vague because my main thing, I want to come back with the question... um, you know, well, I can tell you this, what I believe is based on the Word of God and blah, blah, blah. But talking about the Word of God and what God says, uh, do you believe in God? Do you know Christ? Do you, you know, I mean, just I'm always trying to find a way to get it to the cross, get it to the cross. Uh, we ought to do that in all our conversations. Have you ever had anybody that you know, anybody ever had a family member that you try to witness to, but they'll shut you down the moment you, they know that you're trying to witness to them? My dad was that way. My dad was that way. And I'm just talking about whether it's an argument or whether it's, and my dad liked to argue too, but whether it was an argument or whether it was just a general conversation, I've always got this antenna up. And as God's people, we need to have this spiritual antenna up, uh, always looking for some, some, uh, some place to get in to this person's life to talk to them about Christ. And my dad, I could not just say, Dad, I want to talk to you about the things of God. And his response would always be, Don't preach to me, boy. And, but dad, I just love, I don't want to hear it. I don't need to know. Ah, okay. Shut me down. Uh, so I would start being creative. 
Yeah, we'd just be talking about the most random. And even if it was, hey, listen, talking about the things that we're dealing with in, in the current, the time in which we live, those are good opportunities. And I could say, well, you know, God said it was going to get bad in the last days. Uh, or, you know, and the Bible says this, and then come back around, hey, by the way, do you know Christ? Have you accepted the Lord as your Savior? Uh, but I, w- I would try to find these ways with my dad. We'd just be talking about this or that. And I was like, well, you know, I said, man, that's just like what I read the other day. I wouldn't even tell him it was in the Bible. I was just like what I read the other day, and I would start this, I would start in the conversation, and he would be, oh, really? Blah, blah, blah. But pretty soon he'd say, you preaching to me, boy? Then he'd figure it out, but, but I was always trying to find ways. But, but, it, but, but with him or anybody in this world, man, I, I ain't, I've told you before, it ain't to me all about trying to win some argument with somebody. I want to win somebody to Christ. Because I'm just, because here's a couple things I think. I would, lo- I would love, I think it would be great if I could sit and convince a leftist in biblical principles. I think that would be great if I could just convince them, hey, you need to, you need to be against abortion. And, and that is the conversation I will have with somebody. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm just saying, my main thrust is to try to get, because that would be great. But what if I sit and talk with the leftist? And I can convince them that they know that they should vote pro-life uh, moving forward, and that they should no longer be in favor of the, you know, the the the, the homosexual and the just anti-family and home and nuclear family agenda. And they walk away, and I say, "Man, all right, I've convinced that person that to to vote pro-life." And man, that's a great victory. It really is. But what if I can? What if I spend my time? Winning that person to Christ, guess what's going to be, in a, a, be a result of that? They should become pro-life after that. They should hopefully be taught in a way to where they can learn these other things. You see what I'm saying? I am not saying that I don't have conversations with people about controversial things. I do, and I gladly take a stand on these. But my point is, I try to, when I'm talking to an individual, I try to get it back to where they stand with Christ. And so... Uh, but going back to this guy that liked to get into the controversial stuff and take a stand for God and all that stuff, uh, his big problem, as I shared with you last week, is this dude was like in his 50s and loved flirting with these, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old girls. Uh, well, I don't care if he was in there being a raging evangelist telling everybody a clear presentation of the gospel. What good are you doing yourself if you're giving a clear presentation of the gospel and flirting with young girls? Or any girl, for that matter, if you're married. Um, uh, you know, what good are you... What, I mean, it's like you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And it just goes back to say this, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So it's, 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 our, it's our purpose, it's principles that we have, our values. So that's an, uh, the inward look that we ought to have. And there's a lot more that could be said about that. What's some other things that you think, just think about it for a moment. I'm thinking about an inward look. What are some ways that we can build up ourselves? Last time I used an example of having a blueprint and looking at that on a daily basis. What are some ways that we can build up ourselves to be more effective in the day and age in which we live to be able to make a difference? What's some ways that we can maybe build ourselves up on our most holy faith? Amen. That's a good way because the most holy faith is, this, this, the faith is speaking about what we believe, 
But it's, it's really talking about the basis of what we believe. It's really the Word of God, building up ourselves on the Word of God. Memorize Scripture. That's a great one. Uh, yeah, Nellie. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. I th- it's, and it is. That's a good point. Daily. You're memorizing Scripture. Daily. One of the ways that helps to kill the old man is by memorizing Scripture. Because, uh, you know, yeah, Richard? Amen. Yeah. Uh, hey, how about that? Because the Bible says, praying in the Holy Ghost. How about Ephesians, where the Bible says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's a wonderful way. Number one, that's a wonderful thing to do between you and the Lord. But you know what? It's a great thing to do when you're out, out and about as well. Because um, think about this. I, th- I think about this all the time. But when Dory mentioned memorizing Scripture, uh, the power of memorizing Scripture. So like for one thing, when it comes to memorizing Scripture, it, it literally helps you, number one, in your witness, but it helps you in your walk. Uh, it helps you, listen, we ought not be, have a reputation for being worriers and complainers as God's people. Shouldn't be who we are. We shouldn't have reputation, just like this dude was a flirt, uh, you know, an old nasty flirt. Uh, there's other people that are, uh, you know, we, we, we worry, we, uh, we, we're angry, we're lazy. Uh, whatever the case is, when we get into the Word of God, we see that, okay, you know what? These things aren't good testimonies, and they help us in our walk uh, with the Lord. Ryan, did you have one, or did somebody steal yours? Okay. Um, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Anybody ever build something, Don? You may not have built something. I'm sure you've built something, but what were you going to add? Amen. Yeah. One hundred percent. You know, and you, just in case you didn't get that, it was just just the real side of things. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, which means we should be striving to allow God to help us to be all these things that we need to be and not be the things. But some of us have been a member of Checklist Baptist Church. Uh, some of us have pastored Checklist Baptist Church, okay? Uh, and so we, uh, um, you know, so, so we, we, underst- we can understand what that is. But even, even if you haven't been that, you can get to the place to where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't be 
uh, you know, this perfect person. But I, I, the thing with what Dawn is saying, not only is that a fact, that to me is a part of the, that's a part of the witness that we can have for Christ, is the transparency, the fact that we're real. You know, because the, the bad thing about if we get that mentality too, if, if we do feel like we're checking all the boxes, we can, we can get judgmental on the people that aren't checking the same boxes we are. And that's also not a good testimony because all of a sudden we're filled with pride. But when we are uh, just real, uh, and when I say real, I've got, I've got to clarify that sometimes because with everything, there's such a balance. And I've said that to some people before and they're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, be myself. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, being real says, yeah, we, we are ourselves and we're honest about who we are, but it's not just embracing my sin, it's acknowledging my sin, it's acknowledging my shortcomings, it's saying, hey, I get it. It's saying, man, I've done wrong. Um, you know, and it's because one thing's for sure, uh, if we are that person that's, that feels like we've got all, we check all the boxes and we were arrogant, and I'm telling you, that, that just stinks to heaven, like quite literally. Um, but it's also a stinking testimony too. I mean, people just, people are like, yeah, no, that's, that's not a real thing. But when you're just like, no, this is who I am. This is, uh, this is a shortcoming I have. Hey, pray for me. Forgive me. Uh, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think that's a great point, honestly, just huge. Building up ourselves, but owning up to who we are, being honest about who we are is very, very important. Um, being transparent. You know, and, and, and it helps you. When, you talk, when you're witnessing to somebody, it helps you. And, and people are willing to come to you if you're that type of person. Because they know that you're, they're going to come to you and you're not going to judge them. Uh, you know, and, and you can say, hey, uh, you know, I, I get it. When somebody's, uh, you know, a, a guy or a girl, something's struggling with something. I get it. I understand. Uh, hey, I struggle with the same things. Uh, or, you know, boy, this is something that... But let me tell you how the Lord's helped me. Let me tell you this verse that I learned the other day that I remind myself of every day that helps me when I'm facing my natural infirmities. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned that, Don, because that is a, definitely a powerful thing. Any other thoughts on building up yourselves? I had one last thing on it. We, we, la- last time we talked about this, we framed it in the idea of being a builder, of being a builder, building something, you know, having, having a blueprint to follow, which we have that in the Word of God. But if you build something, number one, it does take planning, right? You've got a plan to build. You've got to have an idea of what you're trying to accomplish. So... Um, we ought to have a plan and a goal. Uh, we really ought to have something that we're working toward every day. I mean, that maybe we're going to try to memorize a verse a week or something to that effect, or, or at least memorize that we're going to plan to memorize verses regularly. We're going to plan to pray, plan to read our Bibles. Uh, we're going to plan to, uh, you know, maybe look at an area of our life that we need some encouragement and some help on and grow in that area. We're going to plan that. Something else that we can plan is, uh, you know, one of the things they were talking about out at the conference this week is, uh, you know, the pastor was talking about like having what, what he called like a prospect list. When we talk about soul winning, he just said, he just said have 10 names uh, that you, written down of people that you're actively trying to win to the Lord. 10 names of people that you're actively trying to win to the Lord. 
Now, I don't have those names written down, but as soon as he said that, I thought to myself, and I could set, tell you the names right now, the, the people, that, you know what I'm trying to do with? I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to take them out to lunch, or I will take them out to lunch. I'm texting them. I'm, I'll just randomly text them something, you know, some, sometimes spiritual, sometimes not so spiritual, uh, as in, you know, maybe it's just something, uh, what else? But what, there are people that I'm trying to uh, win to the Lord, but the, thing, the good thing about what he said about writing it down is the planning part, because he says, if you write their name down, and you, he said, number one, if you have it written down, you, and he said, make it a point, look at it every single day, and pray for them every single day, and just look for opportunities. But so, so planning in our soul winning, planning in our walk, our building up ourselves. Uh, so it takes planning, but I'd say this too, it takes some work. Uh, it does take work. It is hard. And uh, when you're building up yourself, so to speak, when you're trying to actively grow in Christ, does it ever get frustrating for anybody else? Well, because we always got this human, this old nature that's fighting against us on a regular basis. Um, and there's a couple things that happen. Number one, the more you get into the presence of God, the, more you re- the, the less holy you realize you are. The less unworthy you realize you are, all right? Uh, another thing I'll say, this is something, man, this is worth a whole message in and of itself right here that's been on my heart lately. Michael mentioned it to me, I believe, and ever since then it's just been on my mind. But he mentioned about how the Bible says uh, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, but do but you remember what those powers and principalities and, and spiritual wickedness in high places are? What it's, what it's describing there? It's describing, it's describing different... Uh, Ranks of demons, powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, years ago, I watched a World War II movie, and uh, uh, and, and I, I, I love uh, studying uh, history. And but this this one there was uh, there was men that they were all in a uh, they were actually in, a, in the concentration camp. They were in a it was a POW camp, but then it was right beside a concentration camp, and there was a guy that was an officer that was captured. And he tried to go, they actually had an officer's barrack uh, on the POW camp. They had an officer's barrack. They had a, uh, you know, just an enlisted uh, man barrack. This officer tried to come into the officer's barrack and um, they come in and, and they just begin to ask him some questions. They said, well, were you interrogated? He was like, yes, I was interrogated. He said, who interrogated you? You know, and he says, you know, uh, some German name. And they're like, okay, uh, anyone else? And he's like, no, he said, that's the only guy that interrogated me. And then they promptly sent him to the enlisted men's barracks. And when he asked, why are you sending me? I- I'm an officer. Shouldn't I be in the officer's barrack? It was a little bit, a little bit better situation. Uh, but the answer to the question was, No. Because you only went through the first interrogator. Which tells us that you cracked under the first interrogator because there's like two or three other guys after this one. So if you only face that first interrogator, that tells us that you cracked very easily and we don't, we don't want you in here. Now, uh, however harsh that may sound, the point that I'm simply trying to make is this. 
You, I believe that you get to a certain place in your spiritual life, you're fighting certain powers and principalities and, and evil that's working against us. But the more we do for God, don't you, do, don't you think that that draws more attention from Satan? And the greater our effect begins to be for God, do you not believe that we could not only just go from the powers that we've been fighting to the principalities to where now all of a sudden there's a stronger enemy that we're fighting? I mean, if we've conquered, and by the grace of God, we've gotten through this one demon that's been fighting us, um, that, that there's a stronger one that's out there. Do you know there's an interesting thing on spiritual warfare? We, we refer to it from time to time. I wish Sarah Sue was here because she loves when I talk to spirit, about spiritual warfare. But uh, I, is, is, um, there's, there's an interesting thing in the Bible that you'll read from time to time. And listen to this. It's called a familiar spirit. Now, what is, does anybody know what a fam, the idea of a familiar spirit, what that is? That's right. Because the, the, the base of the word is familia, family. Did you know that there's been demons assigned to your family? And that some people have family demons? The demon that haunted your... You say, this is all sounding weird to me. Well, uh, it ought not be, and, and shame on me if it's sounding weird to you because I'm just telling you what the Bible uh, teaches about f- familiar spirits. That, And then, you know, obviously some of this is uh, a little bit of filling in the blank, so there's room for debate here. However, the idea behind a familiar spirit is the same demons that had a, had a power and effect on my parents are the same ones that are going to continue to try to work on me. Uh, as my family goes on. In other words, there's like these generational curses uh, and sins. And you can look at your family. Some of you, you can look at your dad and you can see yourself struggling with the exact same things that your dad struggled with. And I know there's heredity in certain areas that, that you know, attribute to that. But in other ways, there's a familiar spirit. So I'm just simply trying to say, when you begin to try to fight against these it's going to get harder. If you get victory over one, and then you say, you know what, not only now am I tackling the, uh, th- this one thing I'm, that I've been struggling with, because think about this, even as God's people, even though we get saved by the grace of God, there's some things that change in our lives immediately. Praise the Lord for that. We're new creatures in Christ. But did you know that that doesn't automatically break all the change that you've, uh, that you've had? Uh, you ought to know that. If you don't know that... Uh, You hadn't thought this through very clearly because we can still have spiritual strongholds in our lives that carry over from before we were saved. But here we are, we're we're going through when we're trying to follow Christ, we're trying to build up ourselves in our most holy faith. But as we go, uh, God God reveals something in our heart, maybe just just a sin that we've just been kind of going along with to where we finally say, you know what, no more, no more. I'm repenting of this sin. I'm turning from this sin. I'm getting help from this sin. I'm getting victory in this area. And as soon as you do a 180, you come face to face, whether you realize it or not, with a demon, with, the, with spiritual warfare that's been trying to hold you back all this time, and now all of a sudden you're engaged in spiritual warfare. And I, I can think, for, for instance, in my life, sometimes I share about how that the sins of my past life, especially the, the way I was living, uh, my sinful habits before I got saved. When I first got saved, those are the things that I struggled with mightily. Uh, 
you know, whether it was, was addiction, I mean, when I talk, I mean, whether it was an addiction that I had or maybe just a strong desire that I had um, that was connected, man, those are the things that I just struggled with daily after I got saved. You know, uh, you know drugs and, 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 you know, going back into that old way of living and different things. But you know what? After a while, God began to give me victory over that. And I got victory in that spiritual warfare, if you will, over that. So guess what happened then? Well, then I had another war, another battle that popped up. And my point is, it just keeps going. And let me tell you something else, it gets harder. Isn't that encouraging? But the good news is, is now I've gained confidence, not in myself, because I've learned, I've, I've battled that demon. I, I get confidence, not in myself, but I get confidence in the Word of God and in the Spirit of God and in prayer to know that by the grace of God, I can overcome and God's going to give me the victory over this. It's not going to be easy, but He's going to give me the victory. Um, so that's, a part, that's all a part of the inward look. And I went about three minutes over, uh, Ron. I'm going to try to... I'm, yeah, thank you, brother. Ron's... Uh, we're starting a hospitality team for our guests that come and... Ron's a part of it, and we'll probably have a dozen or so of you, the rest of you as a part of it too. Uh, thank you, Ron. But I did go over, but uh, I'll give two minutes for questions or comments. That'll, that'll get us up to 50, if there's any questions or comments, because I know I may have opened up a big can there at the end. Uh, all right, or not. Okay, uh, so if you have any questions, please see me. I don't, the one thing I don't want to do, you know, a, teaching can sometimes be a balance, because... When you're teaching and preaching, you want to make things clear. My goal is that people will leave with more answers than questions. But I do have a goal that you leave with questions. Because if you don't leave with questions, you're probably not going to go study and read or look up something for yourself or ask these questions. But, my, but, I, but sometimes I, you, know, you can get off balance and then probably happens to me a lot of times that people leave with more questions than they do answers. Uh, but if that's the case, I'd sure be glad to help uh, answer any of those questions the best that I can. Uh, but uh, God bless you, and let's have a word of prayer, and we'll take a 10-minute break and then be back in a bit. Heavenly Father, we thank, you for your, we thank you for the victory that we have in you and through you. Lord, you are such a great God, so faithful. Uh, and Lord, you've brought us safe thus far, and... It's only through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, that we could do any kind of building up. We know that it's really you that does the building up. You're the one that really does the victory. The, the building up part is just our effort. It's our will saying, you know what, by the grace of God, I'm going to take this step and making that decision. And it's you that provides the power. Uh, it's not us. Uh, but do help us, dear God, to make a difference in these last days, God. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen.